Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community, we're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. MSPs are frequently at the forefront of cybersecurity challenges. Between changing customer expectations and the growing threat landscape, you are stretched thin. Need a helping hand? Download research sponsored by Field Effect and learn how offering MDR increases revenue, simplifies operations, and maximizes margins for MSPs. This independent analysis explores the growing managed detect and response MDR market and how MSPs can differentiate their managed service security with the right MDR solution. You'll also find insights from five MSPs who have added Covalence, a hybrid MDR solution, to their offerings and the positive impact it has had on their business. Want to learn more? Check out the link in the show notes. Hi, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast, one of the final ones of the year. And so I have a very, very special guest, my longtime friend and sometime competitor, Eric Simpson is here uh, now with ericsimpson.com. Welcome, sir. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Carl. It's always a pleasure. So we were just chatting about how we are, you know, quote unquote, competitors who don't compete very much. And uh, we do a lot of stuff together. And uh, I'm grateful that I get to see you, even in the pandemic, you know, I get to see you more than many people on earth. And I'm grateful for that uh, over the course of a year. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Carl. And I think, you know, we were chatting before, you know, we went live. And yeah, I think, like I said, I think we're more complimentary than competitive. And, you know, we I I know that you have helped me uh, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple times more than you've competed against me. We've always found ways to work together and and grow uh, our friendship and relationship and do what we're passionate about, which is what's exciting is to kind of work with, you know, all these great folks in the IT community um, on both sides, you know, vendors as well as partners and you know that's i think that's what it's all about you know is is you know what what you're passionate about and hey if you can pay the rent while you're doing it it's just a cherry on top and exactly working, working with great you know leaders and thought leaders like you is just icing on the cake for me so i'm very appreciative for our friendship carl well thank you sir i'm trying to i'm trying to shut you up so we can move on <laughs> are you blushing yeah, okay. i am blushing all so, right <laughs> uh, and you know uh, it's funny because i i typify our relationship by the first time that we actually collaborated to, to my knowledge is when i asked you hey can you fly all the way like as far as it's possible for you to fly across the united states to the tip of of new york and uh on at the last minute provide half a day's uh um, information and you were like, oh, absolutely. I'm like, oh, okay, well, there you go. And <laughs> and I've been leeching on you ever since. So I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. 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 Yeah. Good times. So, so today we have a special topic, which is that, uh, you know, every once in a while, Eric will, or I will write an article about, you need to, I call it, you know, prune your client garden. Uh, and he talks about, you know, getting rid of the, the C clients and in favor of A and B clients. 
and I was traveling and I, I should have not been working, but I was literally on a beach listening <laughs> to the Channel Pro podcast. And I and then I had just that morning read uh, Eric's blog post on getting rid of clients in order to make your business healthier. And then I listened to the podcast and the, the I think it's the first half hour or so of the podcast. We're going to link to all that below. Uh, but it was just so intriguing. And it's not like it's the first time I've heard all this stuff, right? So then I wrote a podcast or I wrote a blog post about why I think you should trim uh, your client garden. And so I thought I'd just put it together. And so, Eric, I'll let you start with kind of the outline of like fundamentally why would I ever give up clients? Because clients represent money and income and I have to pay my uh, bills and I have to feed my family. And you're telling me to give up clients. Like what, what's the bottom line on that one? Well, uh, the first, first let me preface by saying you, you take a much kinder, gentler approach in titling this activity, you know, pruning, <laughs> pruning your client garden. It's just, you know, Nature is out, the birds are chirping, and you're out there <laughs> pruning your garden. And I think the title of my blog post is It's Time to Fire Some Customers. Right. Yes. So, well, it's a different approach. It's a slightly different approach. And, you know, this is, <clears throat> it's never easy uh, to do or contemplate. And my first, uh, the first time that I had to face this was way back before. Um, we decided to transition into, you know, an MSP way back in like 2004, maybe, um, you know, you and I, we were doing uh, IT support and managed services early on. And, and, and in about 2003, 2004, we were in my MSP business, we were trying to figure out how do we get more you know, without having to hire more staff. And so that was always the attraction of, of you know, doing more with less and scaling uh, from, from the MSP uh, business model perspective. And we got to a point in that conversation where we said, okay, we're definitely doing this. We started the transition. We went and spoke to all of our, you know, in our minds, we always uh, try to determine who do we think are our A clients, right? Who do we think are our B clients? And then who are the C customers? And so we went out and we started approaching our A clients, Carl, to say, hey, we're going to change our business and it's going to be better for you because we're going to be more proactive. We'll be monitoring things. We'll be patching things. We'll be delivering service much more remotely. So you're not going to have to wait for us to, you know, free up a technician to jump in a car and travel and all that. And the A clients, probably because they trusted us more than they wanted to, I would think back in those early days. Cause remember those were the days, Carl, where we had to educate our clients as to the benefit oh, of yeah. this, because you know, the, the objection we would always get is, well, you know, you're, you always show up immediately when something's broken. Like you guys, you know, deliver yeah, the, the ultimate fastest. objection is I already get everything I need from you. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you provide the fastest service at the best price. So why do you want me to pay potentially more and pay you in advance every month? Right. So that was the objection we were in. So we went through our A clients. The A client said, yes, you know, we don't really, maybe we don't understand everything, but if you think we should do that, Eric, we'll go ahead and do that. So we did all the A clients. They signed our agreement. Awesome. Onboarded them. Then we went to our, what we thought were our B clients. And you know what I found there, Carl, was we had, yes, we had some B clients in there, but we also had some A clients in disguise. These were the clients that we just hadn't spent enough time with. 
that wanted to become a clients and we were just too busy, you know, right. You not realizing that. Right. So, so we got a lot of the B clients to sign up as well. And then I also discovered, Oh, there's some C customers in here that I thought were B clients, but they're really C customers. So we went and we did as many of our B clients and signed them up to our managed service agreements. We had about 220 overall, I would say clients. And so by the time we went through the A's and B's, we ended up signing about just shy of 70 to manage service agreements. And so we had all these other ones. And I wouldn't say that 220 were real customers, but we were looking at, okay, you know, did we ever do service for these folks? Right. right? So they're, they're in our list somewhere. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so then we said, okay, well, who are our C customers that we should now go approach and try this out with? And there's probably, I don't know. Yeah, maybe 70 or 80 of those that I thought were really customers that on a quarterly basis we did something for, right? So we went out and we talked to them and they were thanks, but no thanks, right? So now we had this decision point that said, okay, and this is the decision that we're talking about today is for partners that are looking at their client list and and have challenges like this, Carl. And you and I talk about this all the time. Well, um, I need to hire more employees, more staff, and it's costly to hire them. Or I'm trying to guard against churning my staff because they're dealing with these, you know, customers that don't get it. You know, they're 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 not fulfilled in their in their uh, search for growing. You know, technologically, you know, they're they're kind of in a rut, and so they're getting poached and they're getting taken away because maybe number one. We're not generating enough profit to really, you know, hire the right people or to invest in the tools and technologies, right? I'm having this conversation with a couple of clients right now. It's like, oh, we're going to switch PSAs, but that PSA is going to cost us $2.50 more per technician. I'm like, come on, you're looking at the whole, the completely <laughs> wrong way, right? So, um, but anyway, so, so the challenge is, well, you know, do I fire these customers? Because what they're what those C customers are doing at the end of the day, if you think about it, is they're taking the place of good A and B clients, right? And in the blog post I wrote, I'm I I kind of use the analogy of being, you know, a, a winning sports team. Hey, we want to win the championship this year, but we got to make some player trades, right? Right. And That's we a have great to, analogy. Yeah, we have to make room in our roster for good players that can take us to the Super Bowl or the World Series or whatever, the, you know, FIFA Cup. And so you've got these C customers and you're looking at this revenue that they're generating. You're going, okay, well, they're generating revenue, but is it revenue that's growing? Is it revenue that's stagnant? Are these the customers that are causing you, you know, to have to write off, you know, stuff on your invoices that haggle you, that slow pay you, right? All these things that we feel are kind of C customer behaviors, and to top it off, they're probably your least profitable segment of customers, right? So now you're doing more work for less money for C customers when you could trade those players and right. get less A clients that are paying you more money. And now you have more profit so you can invest in your staff, you can invest in your technology and tools. So here's the thing that I wasn't expecting, Carl, tying back to the story I was telling about the early days of RMSP. So the C customers represented about, you know, $50,000, $55,000 a month in time and materials work, break fix work, right? That's and I was, well, yeah, back then too, right? Especially, right? And I was loathe, you know, to, to lose that. 
and we we made the decision, you know what, we're going to find these folks homes. We did it right, right? We didn't just fire them, right? We found uh, other providers because we knew a lot of, you know, providers right. back in the day. And we said, hey, would you take these? Would you like these clients? Oh, yes, we will love to take these clients, right? Because at that point in their maturity, we had, you know, kind of, uh, we're growing past that now, but we were at that stage. That's why we had them all, right? We had to keep the lights on when we started, so we we divested ourselves over time of these C customers and two things I wasn't expecting. One, after they were gone, we were more profitable. Yes. Carl, it blows me away to say this, and I'm embarrassed to say it now, but it's a, a reality. We were more profitable at fifty-five thousand a month in 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 firefighting recurring, you know, not recurring, firefighting, time and materials revenue, we were more profitable because like I said, they were our least profitable clients that at the bill rates, we were, some of them we were selling block time to, and you know, the, 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 the danger of block time is, oh, buy more hours and then we'll give you a discount. So you're already eroding your profit margin anyway. Right. And then these are the noisiest customers that were never happy and that we're always complaining about, oh, well, yeah, you sent a technician over and you're billing us for two hours, but they were on the phone with somebody else for 30 minutes while they were here, that kind of thing. <clears throat> and right. so we were writing down all this bad debt, right? Because they they wanted to haggle on the invoices and they were slow paying us. So that was realization number one. Holy cow, we were more profitable. And, and now one of the questions I ask Carl when I'm working with a, a partner, we're doing this exercise and we get to the bottom of the C customer list and I start asking questions like, would you be more profitable if, if you exited this customer? And if they think about it, you know, right. <laughs> right. They just been they, carrying they pause. Them. Yeah. They've been, yeah. They've been carrying them over and they know, well, you know, they're going to grow next year. I'm like, they're taking the place, right. Of an A client or half of an A client, because you're going to, you're going to onboard these, everything you've learned since you brought that C customer on board, you're going to, you apply to these new clients, you're onboarding them better. Well, and you're every deploying minute that you spend with an A client is much more profitable than every minute you spend with a C customer. I mean, just, and much more highly appreciated and you're doing budgeting meetings and you're doing strategic. So all of that, right. I think everybody kind of understands that. So the second reality that hit me in the head like a brick that I wasn't expecting was with the exit of all those C customers, about 95% of our customer service issues went away. Our staff was much more energized and excited, understanding that the moving forward, this is the path that we are on. We are no longer going to be accepting those types of clients. We're only going to be seeking out these A and B clients. And because we were more profitable, we started making the right investments in our business and in our staff and in our tools and technology. And it made all the difference. So, you know, at the end of the year is kind of like when you and I start, you know, thinking about this stuff to share with everybody is like, hey, uh, in my blog post, I said, it's Q4, it's time to fire some customers. Yeah. So I recommend we go through that process segment your clients a b and c and whatever your you know definition of what an a client looks like i mean there are some i think general things well, that we accept let me, let me use yeah. that as a transition so yeah my approach is slightly different so mm -hmm. because what i've always done as i started to grow i said oh so i need to, i need these thresholds whether it's money which mm -hmm. for me has always been in the 
uh, you know, 10 years ago in the 900 to a thousand dollars a month. Like if you can give me that much money, you get to be my client, right? You were cash qualifying them. Yeah. So, so that's <laughs> one. And, the, and then the other is the size of the clients that it's just, it's just much more efficient to try to serve someone who's five or 10 users than it is with one or two or three. And sure. so I tried to, you know, every about every four to five years, I would try to raise the bar and I would mm -hmm. be pretty public about it with my clients. Like, Hey, I'm, you know, I got a week, a monthly newsletter and I'd say, we're changing our model just a little bit. I'm going to be, you know, talking about people and, you know, we're going to be introducing some of you to other IT consultants who can serve you better. That's right. I actually have one local guy that uh, in my IT user group that I think he, he uh, has probably taken 20 clients from me over the course of the years, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's, but it serves his clientele. Uh, right. they, yeah. they are a good fit. So, nice. so what I do is I go through and I have these criteria in terms of, all the things that you just mentioned, right? You know, are they, do they pay on time? Do they argue with us? Do they have interesting projects? Are they good people to work with? Do they treat us with respect? All of the things, not just money, because money is one factor. And you're talking about all of your staff, all of your employees, 40 hours a week. They have to interact with people that they like and that they want to work with, right? So, right. so I would have every employee evaluate every client on all these criteria. Nice and, scorecard, right? Yeah. And and so when when we all agree, you know, then we'd sit down, we'd go through them. And when we all agree, well, then there's no argument that somebody is is a high or, you know, a five or a, a one or whatever. When we disagree, then we have to have a discussion, right? Mm. But basically, you know, the idea is to continually be working with people you know and you like and that you want to work with. But there's another factor which you haven't discussed, and I really want to make sure that we we, we point to this because you get to it from a different direction. And that is, I believe that customer service has to start by defining who your client is, mm -hmm. right? Yep. When you think about a store, one store says, well, my clientele uh, are, you know, they got a lot of money and they have a lot of free cash and they like nice things. So we're going to sell the highest end cashmere sweaters. And another store says, my clientele live month to month, paycheck to paycheck. Um, they don't really put a high priority on cashmere, but we're going to give them a quality sweater at a reasonable price. Right. They literally define two different clientele and then mm -hmm. they design their stores to attract those people. And it's the same thing in managed services. Once you define your client, you can build a service model that serves those clients. And what happens over time is that you get people, you know, you get customers, clients on board who mm, might not be a good fit. And we're literally right back to what you were talking about that, you know, which is why the, the whole sports analogy works, right? That if you got somebody who's not a good fit, you cannot give them good customer service. Because what they want is they want to argue with you about the price. That's their vision of good customer service is that you keep cutting the price. You keep giving them free hours. Well, if that's their vision of customer service, you can't be their IT service provider. Right? They yeah. got to go to some other guy who's willing to give them everything for free. He gets to be their IT service provider. right? And so, so for us, it was sort of a vision of what does customer service look like for our ideal clientele? And then we, when we get people who are a bad fit, what happens is that we end up giving poor customer service, not because our service is any different than it would be with anybody else. It's just a bad fit 
for those clients. And so from the customer service perspective, if you want to give great customer service, you start with the customers who you actually want to serve. And so it's literally coming at it from a, a different angle, but getting to the same place, which is why the weeding the client garden thing, I think is a is very appropriate, right? It's sort of like, you would be better served by this guy over here who he'll he'll take two days to argue with you about your bill and then you'll both be happy. And if that's what you want, you should go to him because I can't give you that kind of service. And, you know, the, the perfect example is, and you know this, uh, I make a big deal of the fact that I don't answer my phone. I literally had a former client call me recently and say, or email me and say, I want to get together with you with lunch. I did call. I left a voicemail. I know that you'll never hear it. Uh, so I thought I'd send you an email and we could we can get together and have lunch. So, but she knew, and she was truly what you would call an A client, right? Um, she just like it's not a big deal. She's not pissed off, right? It's just that's the way Carl does business. And so she knows that it was a fit. We had a great relationship for 20 years. And uh it's because there's this consistency between our visions of what our service looks like and what it should look like and what she needs and how we deliver that. So um, anyway, I just like to get that sort of two different perspectives out and then just chat about it a bit. No, absolutely. And, you know, so many things uh, that I'd like to, I'd like to comment on because you covered a lot of ground very, very concisely there. So I think the one thing that, that I'll tag in on and, and agree with everything you said. And, and the one thing that stood out as I was listening was, when you mentioned about, okay, you know, these guys, uh, the C customers, you know, they just want it cheaper. And then you end up delivering, you know, poor customer service because you're stretched thin. Well, guess what? You're delivering poor customer service to those A and B clients, right? I mean, you only have to lose one A client to learn to stop, pump the brakes a little bit and go, what is what just happened, right? I thought they were what you said, Carl, what is my ideal persona? What does that that client look like? You know, and I think in my blog post, the first thing I put was cultural fit. Right. I, like what you said, are they someone that you love to work with? Like when, you know, remember, I remember the days when a, a, a client would call in or open a ticket and the, the technicians would not want to talk to the client. You're like, oh, it's so-and-so calling again. I'm right. like, exactly. I wonder where they end up on the scorecard, right? They're not at the top, that's for sure, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, the the you know the erosion of your ability to to delight your A and B clients is is directly uh, relative to how many C customers you're having to deal with, and then you know that technician has that that less than pleasant call, or just you know has to deal with that customer and go through whatever you know experience that is. I mean, I know I've fired uh, customers, Carl, when they have treated my staff uh, badly. I know Absolutely. you have. Yeah. I mean, I remember a, a client cussed at one of our technicians and that was the last time, you know, they ever got service from us. And I called them up and I basically laid down the law. I said, look, you know, <laughs> you are not going to treat our staff that way. If you want to have a, a heated conversation with me, you talk to me. I'm, I, I will take that. But you do not treat my staff that right. way, right? Well, and you know, early on you mentioned about like the, the whole the whole approach of ads time to fire some clients. 
I've only fired a handful of clients. I've trimmed. Like I've, I've had a number that just, they weren't a good fit because I was moving up my business model. I was sort of moving that window up a little, a little, a little. But the yeah. ones that I have actually fired, um, it you know, the, the biggest one, uh, they were just completely outside of our business model. They were they were the perfect example of being outside our business model. They were huge. They had like 72 employees. They uh, met with us and had quarterly business reviews regularly. We literally sat as and had like a director position within their company, you know, outsourced director position in charge of IT. We managed a budget for them. We did all this work, but they refused to use our system. They would like blow up every phone and they would yell and scream. And I just had this vision that the, the owner would just walk up and down the hallways with a, a beehive in one hand and a baseball bat in the other. And he's just beating on that thing and, and creating this massive stir, which, you know, if he wants to run his company that way, good for him. Well, can but you imagine my company that way? Yeah, can you imagine the the you know the environment that his staff has to be in? And and I, we've had clients like that where we've been on site and just seen how the leader treats their staff, and you right. got to go, oh my goodness! And we're working for yeah. this person. And, and that that well, relationship remember, doesn't last very long. I remember when we fired them because. Uh, it was one of these incidents where all the phones rang and then all the cell phones rang and, you know, just like it. And when that happens, we open up tickets for all this shit. And then <laughs> it takes us half a day to clean out all the, the fake tickets. Right. And, and Manny came, Manuel Polistruck, my brother was my service manager at the time, or he mm -hmm. actually was president of the company at the time. And he came to me and he was like, I'm done. Like, what will it cost me out of my personal wages <laughs> for you to fire these guys and have them never come back again? And so we we looked at it and uh, we literally, because of the tools, because of our PSA and the way that we use QuickBooks and, you know, the way that we can control our information, we looked at it, we saw they were worth about 75000 in um, services and about 75000 in hardware and software, but their profit and I still remember these numbers. Their profit was $27,000 a year. And we're like, oh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> For that little amount of money, we can get rid of them. And like you said, then we have all this free time to spend with clients who are willing to pay us money. And we, you know, help them find somebody else. And we got rid of them in about 30 days. And then uh, we, it took us maybe three months to replace that revenue and be more profitable. And so at the end of the day, it's absolutely true. And you have to, you have to have faith that the system works. You have to have faith that working with really good people who fit your model is literally where it's at. So, you know, when I see these people on forums who say, oh, Carl doesn't understand, you know, uh, when you start out, you have to take every client, you have to take every nickel. You really, really, really don't. And if you could avoid, if you think about somebody when you're when you're new to the business and you say, would I keep this jerk? Will this jerk be my client in five years? And if the answer is no, well then don't have him on, as your client on day one, right? Yeah, I, I think, um... You know, I, I think that it's not always uh, recommended. Well, let me put it this way. We've been talking a lot about clients that fit, right? And I was almost going to say to you, well, you know what, Carl, sometimes it's not about we don't like working with the client, right? It's not about the way they treat our staff. 
it may not even, they may even be profitable for us, right? But today, the the situation that we're faced with is this, this gigantic risk, this elephant in the room of, you know, cybersecurity, right? And so, you know, I was going to say to you, well, today, you know, you may have a great relationship with a client. They may be profitable, but they will not agree to sign up for your minimum required enhanced cybersecurity program. And so then they have to go because the risk is simply too great for not only them, but for you and by extension for all of your other clients. And when I thought about, I was going to present it that way. And then I thought, well, if, if that's the reason they have to go away, then yeah, they are not a fit right. for your company. They're still not a, bad They're still not a fit They're not because a fit. everyone yeah. has to meet this minimum. And I remember when, you know, we were going around, uh, you know, doing these boot camps all over the place with MSP University after we had sold our MSP and we're um, helping teach providers everywhere about how to, you know, how to, how to, how to build this business model. And I said, look, you have to have a minimum certified network. You have to standardize on your tools and your platforms and your processes, and you have to standardize on what's in your client's environments. Again, what does that ideal client look like? Will they um, use your recommended equipment, your firewalls that, that you're uh, maintaining your competencies on, your you know servers, your you know the software that you support, et cetera? And that was a minimum requirement for them to be a client. Now today, now that is enhanced now by saying, look, now you also have to subscribe to these enhanced cybersecurity services in order to be our client. Because if you get breached and you're not on one of our programs, what are we going to do? Say, good luck. You didn't pay us. No, we're good people. We have to ride in, right? And rescue them and then wonder how they're going to pay for that remediation. Because obviously they're not going to meet the requirements of their cyber liability insurance policy to file a claim and get it approved. Well, and, and, that's the and then we're not, that. and then we're not serving our other clients because we're rescuing them. So right. it's, it's a tough situation. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I just say the, the, the other thing about trimming, you know, your client garden is that the way you work a garden, the way you grow a good garden is you let it grow a little bit on its own and then you trim it into the shape you want. And then it grows a little more, you know, and, and you, and appropriate pruning, but, what you need in clients in technology is not set in stone. And what the work you do today to define what you need in a client will be different five years from now. And so you, you know, sure. cybersecurity was not on that list 10 years ago, right? right? It was important. Don't get me wrong, but we never, we never hired or fired somebody because of this, their stance on cybersecurity today. It kind of has to be right. So you have to also be aware uh, that that those things change over time. Sadly, we're basically out of time. So let me just give you the opportunity. Uh, how do folks get in touch with your blog? What's the best way to find you on the internet? Uh, my website is ericsimpson.com. That's E-R-I-C-K Simpson.com. So just head on over there. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for the work you do with your, you know, your own organization, but also with Channel Pro and other things. You really do an amazing uh, amount of work and I see you all over the place. And, and I really, this is no bullshit. I appreciate what you have done for this entire community over the last two decades. Well, now you're making me blush, Carl, because I feel the exact same way about you. Thank you so much for having me on. I look forward to next time. 
Very good. And we will have you back uh, as we refresh our podcast next year. Thank you, Eric Simpson. Uh, this is Carl with SNB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SNB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.